On this episode of Kitchen Table Netrunner, we talk about recent Nisei happenings, check in on how Tristan's doing in the Stimhack Cash Refresh Tournament, find out how our Terminal Directive campaign ended, laugh at a dad joke, and take a look at the System Core 2019 Corp cards. Stick around. Welcome back to Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. Okay. Did you know I checked Google Podcasts, and if you search for Netrunner, we are the number nine podcast. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if there are any more listed, but the point is, <laughs> we are we're crawling up the list. All right. And and I mean, one of the ones that's ahead of us is Team Covenant, which hasn't published content about Netrunner since they stopped being able to sell it. See, I mean, stops raking in the dough. You just stop having faith in it. They, I mean, unlike us, they have to, you know, move product. So they, they have a different motivation in their podcast. Well, say love you. Yep. Also, also, someone on Slack called it lovely. That's good. I hope it's not like meant as like the ugly child that you're just trying to say something nice about. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> They didn't say that our podcast had a great personality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be worse. So, no, um, I think Lovely's good. I yeah, appreciate no. it. Yeah, it was, it was trying to be ungrateful. Okay. I will say that it was in contrast to your bad attitude last episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you spring these things on me, and then you don't expect me to react. I actually expect I did to expect react. you. That's exactly why I spring things on you, is because your reactions are my favorite part. <laughs> but usually they're not so angry. I really like that card. All right. So um, I hear that when you have a podcast, you're supposed to tell people to um, give you five stars and comment and stuff. I don't know if that's a thing on the podcast tool that you have. Maybe maybe you want to do that. Do you want to beg people to like you? I'm not very it's like good we're back in high school, huh? By high school, I had given up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the latest news from Project Nisei. Yeah, I read all these articles. That's exciting. So let's talk about the two events that they covered. They covered uh, Hack the Egg, which is a tournament in... Germany. Germany, in Europe, which I hear might be the site of of the next year's Worlds. So it's basically like you play games of Netrunner, but you have these three zero agendas that are just eggs, and you collect them by stealing them as the runner, or you can hang on to them by scoring them out as the corp. Yeah, I thought it sounded like fun. You know, one of the things that the guy who I'm not going to try, I called him Snoopy in my brain. when Yeah, I was no, that's, it. I think, why he has the numbers and letters. It's just like the, the bioroids that do that, where you're supposed to read it. So Snoopy is fine. His, anyway. his avatar is also Snoopy. Oh, okay. It's like a real thing. Okay. So go ahead. Anyway, he said that um, he was reading about casual events, and um, he's like, there are enough competitive events. And I thought, I'm not a terribly competitive person in general. I've sat on the other side of the table from you. I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't, this just sounds more, not more fun, but like a fun, something different to do, you know? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that. Because, I mean, once you get to the top levels, I mean, there is, it's very tight play and you're very, I don't know, it seems very mentally draining and I certainly am not there. It seems like a thing that is accessible to more people, right? Like highly competitive 
been highly competitive events. It seems like a fun thing. I mean, yeah. He doesn't like to find, like, little, like, ha-ha's, you know. I mean, I mean that's is, what the whole thing actually is, is finding little... This is, like, jumping way ahead, and we don't need to go into detail, but, like, right. when I took that zero-point agenda from you during Terminal Directive, I was like, and now you can't use it, so... I thought it was really interesting thinking about if you're doing an alternative format, in this case, having these three zero agendas and like really it mattering whether you get them or not, where they spent time talking about how, how you need to think about the format. And so you're not like running games to time because if the time runs out without people having a chance to get them, then it's not as much fun. So you like want the games to finish and so you have to think about that. Oh. Now, was this, was this a charity event? What's the story? I forget by now. No, it was just super fun. Thing. Okay. All right. So that's a fun idea. And it's egg themed because it was for Easter, but it was also in the fall and they just hadn't changed the theme, in case you're wondering. Next, let's talk about charity gift. Not to be confused with celebrity gift. I mean, I think it is supposed to be confused with it. Okay. Well, it confused me. So again, mission completion. <laughs> okay. And so this was, uh, it's a an event in the UK, so this is the fourth this year. This one is a charity event. It is, a, right, it's in the name. <laughs> Just thought I'd clarify that for you. So you... And it's a charity for? Oh, I don't know, like a hospital. Yeah, Sheffield's Children, Sheffield Children's Hospital. Yeah. Which of all the things you can raise money for seems like especially nice, seems like a nice thing. Yeah. And uh, this one, the way that it worked as a charity event was... The IDs were auctioned off. You could, each ID could only be used once in the tournament. So I had to make a few extras to accommodate the number of people that wanted to play. But also, if you wanted to use a good ID, you had to pay the big bucks, right? Which is good because it helps the children. Uh, and I thought one of the things that was really cool in a similar way of talking about community engagement, one of the things uh, Richard said was that every time he's done it, it's been somebody's first Netrunner tournament. Which I think is really fun, just bringing people into the, into the, uh, into the event, into the sport. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought it was it was nice like, accommodating people. They said that uh, right at the end they said that in addition to the auction they put together a bunch of weird super janky decks for oh yeah. To use the, well, they the, said they ran out of these <clears throat> because there was a lot of interest. Right, so they had to make some questionable decks that were quite ridiculous apparently. So I thought those were nice, nice chance to talk about the community and different ways you could use Netrunner to either build community or help out groups in your community that are like your real community, not just your Netrunner crew. Third was an announcement that Nisei was hosting their first event. It was an online tournament in the Eternal format. So the Eternal format is... All cards ever. All cards ever. They have eight cards banned including both of the cards, the community design cards from Magnum Opus. But yeah, it's three corp cards, band, friends in high places, hired help, and museum of history, and five runner cards. And I just won't read them. That was weird. You can look it up. So this happened actually this past weekend for us recording the podcast now. Yeah, it'll probably be several weeks later when other people get to hear it. Back last year, you may remember. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to show you... Uh, the winners. So the winners were Lost Geek was the winner, and he the the winning decks were on the on the corp side. You had this ETF deck, Engineering the Future, and uh, so this is this is an HB deck. For HB. Those of you who aren't as nerdy as Tristan. And the big point of this deck was this deck before rotation was the deck, the the ID for HB. Oh, this one got rotated out. It got rotated out, and the reason is it was just too good. 
because it's the first time you install a card each turn you gain a credit. So being able to gain a credit essentially every turn, because installing cards is a good thing. Yeah, okay. So it's this is really strong. And this is called uh, Barricade, was the, the theme. And the theme of this deck? The theme of the deck, right. Is that and why there's a truck crashing into something? Feel free to look at NRDB if you want to see GIFs of trucks crashing into a barricade that just the truck over and over but you know i it's very distracting okay but the point is that this is what you need if you want to make an impenetrable remote or an impenetrable centrals you got a ginger city grid three of them and you've got surveyors and you've got Sator adaptive barrier which is... and that ginger city grid would be great with this id right because that's the one where you can install without paying the install cost for the first four right that's a great point so you're like gaining a credit but not paying it. Yeah, it's not out. it's not just offsetting your other money. Yeah. So Sator Adaptive Barrier has an additional strength for each piece of ice protecting the server. So that and Surveyor are like best friends. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that happened was there was there was a parasite. Parasite is a rotated it's a rotated virus that goes on a piece of ice and then brings the strength down one each turn by adding virus counters, and once the strength gets down to zero, it trashes the ice. Oh, okay. So the point is this this parasite was on the surveyor and because there's a ginger there and to keep the surveyor alive by gingering an ice at least every other turn. <laughs> wow. That's a pretty so, big remote. Yeah, that's a five ice remote is nothing to sneeze at. That's actually that was R and D in that case. Oh. And then on the runner side, they had Green person? Yes, this is Lost Geek still. Okay. An Andromeda deck. Andromeda rotated out. It's a very popular criminal. She's got a link, and also you draw a starting hand of nine cards. That's nice. So you're just, like, ready to go. Yeah. You draw a fifth of your deck, and you can mulligan. If you don't like that fifth of your deck, you want a different one. So you can just get all kinds of stuff. And then uh, there's all kinds of run-based shenanigans, right? So you've got the... Right, she's a criminal, FYI. Right, criminal. So she's the bankroll, so you get a, a credit... On that, for every run, you've got a Temujin contract, which you can use to pick a server and pull four credits a turn off of that. And so you can get a ton of money. And then it has uh, icebreakers that are specifically just like get through stuff efficiently, or like Amakua, which looks like a ne- uh, like a normal criminal deck where you're just like, oh, no, I'm just using the turtle. But then the secret is you're actually using that for the big turn when you're ready to throw down the apocalypse. And you blow up all the ice. Wow. And that messes up their that messes up their day pretty bad. Yeah. And if they're you know getting too excitable and you're like oh they're they're never gonna get let me in there because they know there's an apocalypse coming or just because they're they're you're a criminal and they're worried about HQ they ice up HQ too much then you've got you know inside job and spear fishing and you've got a sneak door a couple of sneak doors so you can get in the other the back door. Exciting. And this is the person who won. This is the winning deck. Okay. Yes. Sorry. So this is the kind of stuff in Eternal and apparently these decks weren't really tested or anything like that so this is just like people threw stuff together and tried crazy stuff so we'll see how much this format solidifies and maybe someday we'll be ready for it maybe <laughs> we've got an awful lot of cards in the closet we do we do the last news article was about it was it's called spoiler week but i feel like they were less spoilers and more teasers yes and Let's say light teasers. Yeah, it was like you're still gonna vague. you're you're still gonna want to eat afterwards. Yeah, but they're excited about the new cycle. Nisei is releasing a new cycle, and the theme is something bad happened to the beanstalk, and it needs to get fixed. I don't know if that's the only theme. 
But they, they teased two cards for each faction. So, for example, some of the things I thought were cool. Uh, well, I mean, you've got the Shaper thing, right? I like Shaper, but I felt like that their teaser did not, like, I didn't care that much. It's just like, it's about being creative and you redesign how you play and you're an engineer. I'm like, oh, okay. You are. An, you're like, you know, you, you think like an engineer. That's great. I'm not saying that, like, these are bad things. It just didn't make me be like, oh, I can't wait. I'm like, yeah, well, I can't wait to see the cards, I guess. You know, that'll be exciting when they happen, but I'm not going to. Okay, what about this? It says, it says, demanding that you synchronize yourself with the corp in order to gain some major advantages. So what if, what if the card was, instead of the corp takes a turn and you take a turn, after the corp does each thing, takes, like, a mandatory draw or the click, you have to take one of your clicks. That'd be pretty crazy, right? Sure. That's just my guess. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I have no guesses. Okay. But that could be interesting. I'm not saying it'll be bad. I'm not I'm not trying to be negative about it. I just yeah. didn't feel like reading this article got me really, like, enthused sure. about I that. things coming out. That's fair. I thought the Jinteki, uh, they teased the card Sting with an exclamation point. The exclamation point means it's like snare, right? So it's an ambush. Sure. And well, I mean, I'm guessing. I feel pretty good about that. And so it's, it could be... They did mention Snare right, in so, the same paragraph. Right. So it says it, gets, it keeps getting worse every time you hit it. So that, that could be really fun. Uh, and then... That was pretty exciting. They're, you it know, they're... Moving. not terribly Okay. Exciting. Well, I'm excited that they're making progress. That is good. That is good. I'm, I'm here. It's, I, you know... I guess like reading all these articles and thinking about it is you think a lot about like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? And you're into reading these articles and you're into knowing and learning and being like, yeah, what's going on? And I just, I just want to play Netrunner. Like I don't, I don't care about the backstories. One of them was like, oh man, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I don't read the flavor text. Like I don't read the flavor text. You quiz me on what the flavor text say sometime. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, yeah, it's referring to this card. Like you have to explain it because I don't read that stuff. I don't read the stories. I just want to play Netrunner. I really like it. And I don't need all this extra hooby hobby. I don't um, understand though how like the flavor doesn't make you want to play it more. Like doesn't enrich your experience. I don't know. Next question. How do you feel about Keyforge? It seems really lame. <laughs> Sorry. That can be edited out too. I don't want to no, no. ostracize anybody. Well, okay. So if someone else thought that like our podcast was neat, but also the Keyforge is neat. What would you say to them right now? Okay. I mean, I, I <laughs> no, I, I think I question their taste. <laughs> like now, that's two strikes, buddy. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Here's the reason I'm asking. So Keyforge has two things, right? So let's say three things. No, let's say three things. So the three things about Keyforge are ridiculous names. Ridic- yeah. So like the theme, right? Oh, no, Which is no, like the <laughs> the theme, right? Like so, it's like. There's, like, Martians and goblins and whatever, right? Oh, like, my! Right. So that doesn't appeal to you. That doesn't work for you, the flavor of the game. No. Okay. Secondly, there's, like, the mechanics, right, which is, like, you've got these three houses, and you have to pay for cards, but you can only play and activate cards from one house in any given turn. All right. You know, you can say what you want about, like, Keyforge or all the different parts. Here's, here's the deal. I don't know why we're talking about Keyforge, because this is about humor Netrunner. Me. Humor me. But, like, I feel like Keyforge was, like, Fantasy Fight was like, hey, so we're getting rid of Netrunner, but we have Keyforge! And I'm like, and it's really complicated and weird and kind of like magic where you have to try to, like, get the 
cards in a specific something. Well, it's I like know. magic because it's a dude basher, right? It, you just yeah, get some it just sounds really not fun. Is that okay. your point three? Because no, dude my basher point three is not funny. <laughs> no, point three was the constructed version of it, right? Where you, it's a it's a unique deck game where you get a deck and that's your deck and you just and there's no deck building. That's the part I was gonna. I mean, that's what really what I was leading into is this, oh. was having just your deck given to you and then you play it. How do you feel about that? I know that happens in, like, a lot of games, but I kind of like the deck-building aspect. Like, in one of the articles we were reading about the, oh, this charity gift one. Yeah. You had those, like... The jank tank. Yes. They were, like, made for you. And I, I don't know. I was like, I just don't think that would be as fun. And maybe, I mean, I guess I could study the cards, but I just... Like, when you make a deck, you think, like, this is what I'm doing, and this is why I'm doing it. And you kind of have, like, a thing but if you're like oh this is like a random card it's not necessarily as exciting okay the reason i'm asking is because someone on the stimhack forums created a format if you go to anr sealed android netrunner sealed anr then you've got this uh, draft format which we've talked about before right where you've got all these cards and you pick them in a competitive way with other people and then you play against them but also they have the sealed deck format that they just built where you're basically playing like key runner net net forge where you, like it generates decks kind of at random with with some parameters on it and they're working through what those parameters might be and refining that and then you have a deck and you have to play with that what do you think about that would that be a fun way to play not necessarily. I would be interested to see how, like, you can use machine learning to build decks and, like, what kind of weird decks they come up with. You know, it's like the bizarre computer-written Christmas songs. You know, I want... Well, so you're talking about... Are you talking about deck names or are you talking about deck lists? Because I feel like... I was talking about, like, deck lists. You know, or, or it wasn't a Christmas song. It was like, what was it? No, there it was, was like, a Christmas song. Yeah, and there's, like, the short movie that we watched, and it was just, like, all, like, really weird stuff that computers come up with. So I think, like, them coming up, like, a computer coming up with, like, a deck list could be really bizarre. So it'd be interesting like... to see it and maybe play one of them, but no, I don't think that sounds like fun. I feel like uh, putting that render cards together might be a much harder art form to wrap your head around the the creative vision of a machine than, than a movie script or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Tristan. Yes. You've been doing this. The Stim Hack online cash refresh tournament. I have. How's it going? Winning all your games? Rockstar? So, so we are through round four at this point. And so round three, I played against Agasha, who jo- started Netrunner at the same time as we did, basically. Oh, that's uh, a person, not a card. Correct, it's a person. And that is a person who I also played uh, last Cash Refresh, which is pretty nice. And Because losing to one person repeatedly is better than losing to, like, many different people. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, you know, like being a friend with a real person. You know, like having a human connection. Yeah. It's about as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, human, so you got that. So I was on the corpse side first against Agasha, and... Couldn't couldn't find his breakers. He was Gabriel Santiago and couldn't find the right breakers. So that was a really solid win. Uh, it worked out really well. And it just like my deck executed and his didn't, and that was it. The on the other side, I lost against MT. It's always a tricky deck, uh, but there was a there was a uh, net damage that just didn't there was like an Anansi at the wrong time and a viral weaponization at the wrong time, which just knocked the good cards out of my hand that I needed. So my Reyna deck just did not perform there. And then I did a practice game, and it was frustrating because my practice game 
was the one that I won on the runner side. <laughs> it's the only time I was playing against PE, and there was this like really cool PE deck that I've never seen before, Personal Evolution, right? The Janeki, the, the core ID. And it was, so it was like a Mwanza on R&D and Mwanza on, on HQ. So it was like, oh yeah, come and get all these extra cards, right? I love but, it when you play that card. Well, I know, but this person had like more traps than I had. <laughs> so it was pretty bad. And like they had these Sadakas, which are those, the ice lets you like rearrange stuff. And if you don't, it's a trap. And if you don't let the second subroutine fire, cause it's like a, the corp may, then the trap doesn't go away. And so you just... Right. You just like maintain so that filtering option. Well, and then, and so the, the point is that if you try to run R&D, they can keep filtering up the traps and stuff hmm. and make sure that they're, you're going to access good stuff that works for them. But I, uh, at one point, all my I've had horses were in the bin and I like put a, like a labor rights to grab the three of those because I know I was going to need them because I'm getting all these little pings in that damage or big pings with a Nancy. And eventually, I got to the point where it was super close. I had hit two snares, and so I had no cards in my grip, no cards in my stack. I was empty. So any source of damage would have ended the game. And I was like, okay, I know they pulled a snare. Where is it? I think it's in the remote. And I ran HQ, pulled the winning agenda. It was amazing. Again, didn't count. Yeah, this was the practice one. This was the practice game. <laughs> so then I, I played just recently against... NM Wit 13. So I was playing against Awesome T. I did runner first and I got my rig out and it was so like so effective. I got like three pad taps and two underworld contacts. So I was like all over the money, right? So he'd play hedge fund, right? And so he gained four, I gained three, right? Like I was like, it's fine. Go ahead. It's fantastic. Go for it. And, and I had my full rig out. And then my, and my fractor is Yusuf. Okay. And so by this point, it was 4-4, and he put a barrier on archives. So there's a barrier on archives uh, on R&D and HQ and on the square remote. I was like, whatever, why are you wasting your ice on archives? That's dumb. He thinks I'm going to play a retrieval run, <laughs> sucker. Then he purged, and I was like, oh, I actually can't get into any server. <laughs> which means you can't get any virus counters. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm locked out. He completely locked me out. I was like, oh, that's that's a really solid play. I, I uh, told me, I, he said, I thought you had like a secret contaminate or something. And I was like, I'm going to take notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Uh, but then on the corp side, he was Kit. I was I was the corp and he was Kit. And at the... Hang on, he's not a she. Uh, I, I feel like I looked, like in Slack, right, everybody has like their, their username, but also has like a thing. I, I feel like his name okay. may have been an end name, but I don't want to like... Okay, say it. Okay, I think okay. it was a boy name. But like I got to the point where Kit was up five three against me, and I this was Kit with Angolo and Lamb. So I, I love uh, Lamb. Well, yeah. So you know, it's like the first first ice is a code gate, and then any other ice that, they, that Kit wants is a code gate, and then and then maybe the one's a barrier, then that's fine too, right? Like it's just it was pretty brutal. Uh, and then I. I eventually, I got like an SSL, I got a hostile takeover, I took out the pieces of the rig that were problematic, got rid of those uh, Ingolos, I got, I hunter-seekered two of them and popped them far away where they would never come back, and Scorpios removal thing. Oh. Right. Yeah, you can remove it from the game. Here's the thing about Scorpios, though. Do you know how many times I got Maker's Eyed in that game? Twice? Five times. My last turn, I drew... The hostile takeover, and I was, and I put it in the remote because I was like, this is going to be safe here, but I, I can't score it. It's safest in the remote. 
And I got my fifth maker's eye. I was like, okay, I just need to survive this because it was like a same old thing, right? Where you can spend two clicks to play any event from your heap. Oh. So the okay. lesson Sorry, I learned I was know. if you're playing against a shaper and they maker's eye you in your Scorpios, just go ahead and remove the maker's eye from the game. Don't think, ah, whatever. I don't need to really worry about my ability. It's the runner's turn. It's no big deal. Just go ahead and do it. Strongly recommend. Uh, so that was absolutely my fault that I got Maker's Eye five times, but also the fact that I survived those. That I is feel pretty amazing. It's pretty, I'd say maybe it was just luck, you know? Well, yeah, because there's nothing you can do. Like maybe the odds were against me, right? But it just worked out. So I'm still undefeated on Corp and still unvictoried on Runner. <laughs> totally. But, I, but that one was so much closer. I feel like we're making progress. Good. I know what I could do to make it. To Contaminate. Like, well, I'm thinking virus breeding grounds would be better because it just sits there and passively generates them. Passively generates Is virus. Is it a resource? Or? Mm-hmm. It's a resource. Well, don't get any tags. I'll see what I can do. But like, you know, everything else is very resource-based, right? I've got the Underworld Contacts, I've got the Pad Tap. There's a lot of resources going on. Xanadu. Yeah, I guess you do play a lot of resources. In that Reyna deck. In a lot of your decks. Maybe. I, don't know, I feel like you pull in a lot more resources than I do. It's like the new deck that I just built has several resources. The, the core 2019 one that we were going to play. Yeah. Several resources. So we'll see how that goes. Back to life. Back to life. Sure. So going to Netrunner and we talked about last time about working our way through the card pool. Oh, yes. Your and Netjim and Buttrunner. I'm thinking maybe that's not the right approach. We talked about mm-hmm. this a little bit. I think especially since Nisei is hard hinting that Lunar is going to be rotated out in the next nine months, right? I think that we should visit those cards and really get to know them and appreciate them. Why get to know something that's going to die? Um, I'm not a fan of this rotation thing, but I don't The dog's going to die. Morbid. <laughs> you're the, you're saying... like, what kind of a weird, like, haven't you learned, no. haven't you watched like any Disney movie or something? Like, like, yes. What about Muppet Christmas Carol? Life is a, made of comings and partings. That is the way of it. Mm, that movie would have such an impact on your life. Yeah, I feel like it's filled me with the Christmas spirit, and you need to learn about it. You can start dancing and singing for me? No. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I mean, th- these are cards that, first of all, they'll be around for you in Eternal. Second of all... <laughs> We're going to make it to Eternal. You're going to make it to Eternal. It's not too... You'll be fine. So that's what I'm thinking. I think we'll do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard coming from like a point where you don't have all the cards out, like you're in a different spot than everybody else. But I don't want to just like dive into all the cards, but I don't want to go haphazard either. Right. We want to try and go in a at a speed that you can assimilate the cards into your brain. Which is pretty slow with my brain. My brain is very busy on lots of things. You did great when it was one pack a month. So yeah. So we'll see if, I mean, we might need to go a little faster than that, but... We'll see what we can do. Mm. So, are you ready to hear my Netrunner dad joke? I've been collecting them. And by collecting them, I mean thinking of them and writing them down. So these are all originals. Yeah, so if you have actual good dad jokes, well, that's kind of an oxymoron, I suppose. And they have to be about Netrunner. But if you have some Netrunner jokes that you'd like to share, you could. that could be a thing you comment. I don't read the comments. Only he does. So... I, I actually haven't seen back. any yet, so I don't know if I'm just not looking in the right places <laughs> or no one's well, commenting but, yet. But you're like on Stimhack sure, and all that. Sure, that's fair. The Slack channel. Anyway, it'll still be a surprise to me. And uh, Preamble to our joke. Are you ready yes, for sorry. my joke? Okay. I might regret this. Is, this. this is uh, based on last episode. Okay. Yeah. Based on Core 2019, what do you think is Project Nisei's least favorite video game series? 
Magnum Opus. <laughs> no. Come on, do you want to know? I do want to know. Okay, uh, Project Nisei's least favorite video game series is The Legend of Zelda, because they took out all the Link. Serious nerdy dad joke. You gotta get the kids into Netrunner so that you can tell them this. Alright, so I've got at least two more, and I'm just gonna keep building uh, building the collection so we can keep keep it fresh. Alright. So that one, do you, wanna, do you wanna rate that one? How would you say that, that joke was? Give it to me straight. I laughed. There was some genuine laughter there, so not terrible. I'm not gonna give you a grade. I have no way of being consistent from one podcast to the next. Okay, fair enough. Well, so next, should we talk about Terminal Directive? Because we finished. I kicked your butt. Well, I mean, you spoiled the ending. Yeah, but that's the best part, that I kicked your butt. I know, but you don't feed the kids dessert first. Spoils their appetite. Exactly. Now no one's going to want to hear about how Terminal Directive went. This is what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure they want to know how I kicked your butt. Okay, fine. Then, So I think we had, what, four games since we talked? Yeah, we think so. Last? Yeah. Okay, so the first game that you lost... You blame it on the fact that you had no money. Yeah, I couldn't find my economy cards. About that. I was. Yeah, I just felt like I was getting not a fair shake. Also, just some of the changes to the rules I felt like gave you a huge economic boost to just like fix some of the tempo problems that you might otherwise have had or that I might have capitalized on. I don't know. The one that I would have gotten the most economic boost from I didn't didn't pick because when you have options, I didn't want to look at the... Sure. At the, the outcome to, before you make I a show. choice yeah, and then there's the a choice. consequence and yeah. so both of us played that like you need to make the choice based on what feels right in your heart and then you see what what the yeah i the, tried to like can, yeah. look at ayla and be like what can i see her saying in this situation yeah and when you say you never role play <laughs> all right anyway that was game one so yeah so game two I feel like was your best uh, best play of the entire oh, entire series. Oh, man, that was fun. So I had, uh, I think, a four-ice remote. It was really big. Yeah. And then and then you did careful planning, right, on the outer, and then tinkering in the middle, and then spearfishing. So even though you had, like, no breaker or just, like, just one specific breaker, you were able to get through this enormous server and steal my agenda. Yeah. But I still won. I still won because I was able to punish you for, for stealing the agenda with some Hunter Seeker action. And then you were digging for those fairies to get through some of my mean sentries. And you had two, I think two of your fairies were in the bottom three cards when you looked at it afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. No, that was a good game because it was just like tooth and nail the whole time trying to get everything out and do it. And I mean, that play was definitely my best play of the game, but there was like a lot of similar, smaller versions of it where I'm just like, I pull out a tinkering and I pulled out, I think I had an egret on something. And Oh yeah, there was an egret. Yep. That was awful. It was just like all these little things where it was like, okay, well if I can get a little hook in here and I can get over here, then. That was amazing when I realized, I'm like, oh, I can have four ice on the server, and if then maybe she just won't have to worry about any of it. I was like, what? why do I even bother? Like, <laughs> shape or shenanigans. Eh? Oh, man. Uh, the next one I won as well, eight to five, and it was very... Was that one I didn't have money for or something? Yeah, you were just kind of scraping scraping by. Yeah. But it was still close the whole time. Kept it really close, again, with your, your egrets and your tinkerings. Yeah, well, I try. And then, and so this was the case, this was the time when we could tell by our 
you get a pad, a little fancy device that you're tracking your stuff on, although it's a piece of paper. Yes. Yeah. But like, it was obvious that we were getting close to the end and I had to win this one to stay. I couldn't, I couldn't win the game this turn, this round, but I had to, I had to win to stay alive. Right. So let me tell you, when the game is on the line and you're the, you've got a lot of agendas, you mulligan because you're like, oh, that's not a good, a good hand. And you mulligan and you mulligan into a bunch of agendas and you're like, well, I can deal with this. I just need to bluff this out. And then you draw on turn two and five of the six cards in your hand are agendas. Like, well, that's okay. I can play this, uh, play this cool. No big deal. And then you draw turn three and that's also an agenda and you've already drawn 13 of your 18 points. Let me just say you feel like you're starting at a disadvantage. But you had ways, that, not to, like, no spoilers here, but you had ways of, of clearing out your hand over time. And I, you know, I tried, I played it pretty cool. You had no idea. I had no idea. And I don't typically run HQ. Right. You because, do the shaper thing. Yeah. I mean, I like R&D because I feel like it's more reliable. Whereas, like, on if you're running HQ, I always, like, pick the same dumb card. That's my time. favorite is just, like, showing that wall of static some for the third point, third time. And they're, you're like, oh, why don't you just keep running, buddy? And just, like, it's so frustrating oh. and discouraging. Yeah. I almost didn't. Again, this is getting ahead into, like, the core 2019 deck build. But I'm playing a criminal. And I, I thought hard about not doing that because criminals tend to focus a lot on, on HQ. But, you know, we'll try it. Yeah, absolutely. So, but then, and then you're at the end of the game, your strategy was to win through a, a maker's eye, although you had a notoriety, because you had, you had your six points, because <gasps> you were up six to two. I feel like that part, though, in tic-tac-toe, you know, where you've got, like, you can win by different ways. No matter yeah. where your opponent goes, you're like, I'm pretty sure I can, like, make this, like, I can pull this out. So I knocked the notoriety out of your hand. Yeah, that and was that, my backup. And when, you, when I did that, I was like, oh, man, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that was a card. Yeah, because uh, I was, yeah, I was at six points. Oh, and I was like, uh, you know, I've already pretty much drawn all my agendas, so maybe the Maker's Eye won't be such a big deal, but it kind of was. That, yes. that last card. That last card. One of the earlier Maker's Eyes was, was a dud. So yeah. There was hope there. And we were we were getting to the point where we didn't even know that there were much more agenda points left. Yep, I had at one point thought, because she had to win in a special way, that I won't spoil. And I was like, there's only one way... That she could make this happen. There's only one card that she could possibly hit that would make this possible. Otherwise, I'm going to live to see another day, even if she wins. And then she hit that card. <laughs> and I was kind of frustrated about it. Yeah. All right. So you won. Congratulations. Thank you. Well deserved. It was good playing. Yeah. Good game. Thank you. Yeah. So what was your thought overall? About Terminal Directive. fun. You had fun? Yes. I think it goes along with what we talked about earlier with, like, the egg tournament thing. Yes. Not that playing regular Android Netrunner is bad. It's just sometimes it's fun to change things up and have, like, a little something else going on. And so it was it was a different thing. And it had, like, as you're playing, you get to open these different things, get new cards, get, like, different, just different stuff. I don't want to say too much for anybody who hasn't played it. Because I, I highly recommend that somebody should. And I don't know. We probably covered this before. You know, there are, like, stickers and stuff. And talks about, like, destroying cards, specifically when you're done with them. And we didn't do any of that. We just, like, set them aside. And we, we made a photocopy of the pad and wrote on it instead of putting stickers on it. Photocopies mm -hmm. for the cards, just so that we could keep doing it, because I think it would be fun, you know, after a little while to switch and play the the corpse side and 
you can play the runner side and yeah I, mean, I just thought it was really it was it was fun to have like like you're playing net runner but then there are also some of these like side things and like decisions and it's sort of a, a choose your own adventure kind did of you feel like it was too much to keep track of no i mean sometimes i'd be like oh i forgot to do my special thing here but sometimes that already happens when you play that runner yeah, yeah yeah that's true it's right there and i just would read it occasionally and we we're pretty you're pretty good about making sure that I mean, you don't push me when I'm trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, but you take your time. This makes me come off like slow and dumb, but I'm you're I'm deliberate. A, I'm a processor. Yeah. So you play shaper. Yeah. You got that careful planning. You're like, oh, this is exactly what I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you have any? You know, the one thing that I felt was interesting about just like the physical experience of playing it was having the decks for terminal directive because you're like pulling in extra cards that aren't regular netrunner cards you can't keep track of those decks in a meaningful way and so you have to keep them built and so i felt like like we had, we had been playing terminal directive we built some teaching decks for someone else to play and like we couldn't play any other netrunner and i felt like that was kind of restrictive like i was like ah i really want to build like these system decks these system core 2019 decks and being stuck in the campaign I was like, I'd really like to keep dragging this campaign out so I can finally win, but also like I kind of want it to be done so that we could move on. As a person who has several unfinished sewing projects sitting next to the sewing machine, I say it's good that we had to like push through it <laughs> so all. The discipline is good? Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, the other thing is I felt like the story was a little weak because... Maybe it's just because you didn't get all the way. Well... I felt like it had to be too generic because it had to be like, well, regardless of whether you're playing as Seder Labs or a Scorpios, this has to still make sense. Oh. Right? So, like, your motivations would be very different, I'm imagining, in those two megacorps. I don't know how if you felt that way on the runner side. Like, like this isn't really about Ayla. No, I really just thought, like like I said, when I was picking through options, like, I just envisioned Ayla as part of it. Like, okay. Yeah, I did the same. problem for me. Do you... So there are also several fan-made campaigns for Netrunner. you think you'd have any interest in playing those? Can I make my own deck? I, maybe. I think you can build a deck. I think there might be some restrictions to keep it, you know, right, a small card pool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be interested in looking at All right. Them. Well, maybe you'll hear about those at some point in the future on the podcast. Ooh. All right. So now let's talk about... What I would think is the main event. I think it's the big thing, right? We're talking about Core 2019. Last episode, we did the runner side. This episode, we're going to talk about the corpse side. I'll work on having a better attitude. Well, I know you're not, like, as emotionally attached to any of the... Uh... No, what's with that? Well, like, the runners are personal, right? Like, it's a person. Whereas a corporation is just like a faceless corporation. So I think you invest in the blesses, like emotionally. Okay, all right. That's a guess. I could be wrong because sometimes people get really attached to their corp cards. So... People like corp better. I like corp better. I like running. I... I shouldn't say that. I think I like it a little bit better. I just feel like yeah. I get it a little bit more. I'm a bad runner. Um, I don't know that I'm a great runner, but I guess when I'm playing Corp, I've just been playing runner a lot lately. So when I'm that's playing true, Corp, right? Because like, that's the other thing about Terminal Directive, right? Is that you're stuck on one side for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. All right. So your two main IDs, HB, number one, stronger together. Wait, two main IDs? Right? We've got a base ID and an advanced ID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So you got Stronger Together, All Bioridice has plus one strength. Great. Good starter from the Revised Core. I don't think it's very good in the Revised Core. I don't think it's very good in this either, because there's just not a lot of Bioridice. I think it's a weird choice. Really? Yeah. There's just, just not that many. Hmm. I think that, like, I have the I have a deck, right, that is very Bioroid heavy, that um, uses, like, a Warden Fatuma as the 
Kalinda, and it focuses on winning through getting ridiculous amounts of brain damage. Do you remember that deck? Yes, I remember that deck. I call it Kalinda the Willows. <laughs> it's like a gentle breeze taking all your memories away. Anyway, I don't think I've ever... I've gotten like five brain damage. I don't think I've ever gotten the sixth one. It's a deck, I think, that is... It, it is... Uh, it loses slowly and um, makes the runner makes the runner pay for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's the best stronger together deck I've ever built. But anyway, the advanced ID is... Seder Labs from Terminal Directive. This which, is the one that I wanted to play with. Yeah. So whenever you do like Bioroids, for example, you can spend clicks to get through ice. And then if the runner does that, then you can recur cards. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Good one. All right. So let's move on to agendas. Okay. okay. Project Ares is out. Out. Okay. It's gone. I don't know. This is a terrible card. Oh, I can't remember that one. Whatever. Right, you like the runner gets to pick which cards get trashed, and you have to have an, like you're gonna get a bad publicity no matter what. So you want to get lots of things, but runners gonna trash bad things. It's bad news. Instead, we're getting successful field tests, which is from Terminal Directive. And instead of being able to over advance it and make the runner trash their own cards and then take a bad publicity, you get to install any number of cards you want. <laughs> Isn't that way better? Yeah, that's cool. Like I would almost uh, take an extra advancement for like the how much stronger this this agenda scoring ability is. Instead right? of like a 4-2, a 5-2? Well, mean? or like, even if the other one was a 3-2, I still would, probably wouldn't play it. Except, mm-hmm. or I might play it as a 3-2, but not as a, not using the ability. Anyway. Yeah, it's good, because it says ignoring all costs, so you can like, stack ice up on a server right? without. Right, that's pretty much the only install cost, so. But that's great, it do all sorts of stuff with that. Assets, we're adding Marilyn Campaign to the hey, corset. Hey, she seemed like you liked her. She's amazing. Yeah. Such a great asset because she pays for herself the first turn, unlike Adonis. So you don't have to worry about being behind if the runner trashes her after a turn. I never really felt motivated to spend three credits to trash her because <laughs> it's not like she goes anywhere. Well, you never know how long. And then, you know, it's like the click to draw, the click to install. So that's. Yeah, I suppose, but. Yeah. If you had extra, if you had an adva- economic advantage over the corp, it's probably worth trashing her in a naked remote at least. Yeah. Right. But I don't have magnifiers. Ice. Yeah. They're bringing in Eli 1.0 from. Uh, it was rotated out. Okay. So it's three cost to res, four strength barrier, two and their own subroutines you could click through. Seems like a nice little card. This is good. It's value. Look at that. Yeah. Those numbers are good. Yeah. I mean. Uh, and it's only one influence. You can pull it anywhere. Yeah, it's going to be your new barrier choice. You know, I What's the other one that I was liking? Oh, Envelope. Yeah, Envelope. That's the one. Anyway, that seems like a good one, too. Getting rid of Heimdall. Big, chunky barrier. Mm, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. And also getting rid of Hudson from the Kogate perspective. Did you ever play Hudson? It's kind of a weird one. No. It was... Can't access more than one card. Expensive to break, but like maybe... Like, you have to really build a, a remote or a, you have to build a server where that makes a big difference, right? Like, if you have, like, three upgrades or something. Yeah, I like, mean, like, if you're running, like, a, a Maker's Eye against it and it's on R&D, then that's kind of a bummer. Sure. Unless you, if you're running a Maker's Eye against it, then you just kind of break the subroutines, don't you? <laughs> right, or you click through it. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't miss it. Sorry, Hudson. Also, we're gaining pizza, a new piece of ice, Turing. Turing. Named after Alan Turing. For real, or are you just making this up? Yeah, it's oh, even yeah, in the flavor text, see? See, again. But if there's a computer science guy who has a last name that's the same as a Netrunner card, it's pretty much named after that person every time. Um, 
I love you, but I don't know computer science. Dudes. Okay, so four cost to res, two strength code gate, although you really shouldn't think of it that way because it's actually a five strength code gate as long as you don't put it on a central server. Yeah. And then, first of all, it's AI proof. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you can get through it, but you have to spend all your extra clicks. Nice. All three. Or you just break it, right? But otherwise, yeah. hopefully it's expensive. No, not with, like, Gordian Blade. So Gordian Blade... It's two strength, right? It's two strength. So, so it's one, two, three to get up to strength. Then. Oh, right, because it's five. I'm sorry. Yep. I get confused. So it's four, which isn't which isn't a huge amount, but it's not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. All right, so green level clearance is going out. Oh. And in its place, you get blue level clearance upgraded. So one extra credit, one extra click... And you gain two extra credits and one extra card. So it's love the doubles, but this is basically like playing two green level clearances. Yeah. Except you only have to draw one card. So that'll be kind of fun. I think I'm excited about it. It's a transaction, so building a better world can still take advantage of it. Although it doesn't get the two bonuses, right? Because like if you play two green level clearances, it gets the extra credit twice. Not, not like I said, I'm not a big fan of the doubles. I just feel like it's pretty restrictive. Yeah. Getting rid of shipment from Mirror Morph. I miss hmm. this. I think yeah. this is a fun card because it lets you actually like gain a lot of tempo if you're trying to do a lot of assets, for example. Right? I like to put this in wide decks. But you got that agenda now. So. Right. That's a, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Adding in as upgrades. Adding in Mason Bellamy, who uh, is from Terminal Directive. And fun fact is actually the card version of Damon Stone, the second lead designer of Netrunner. Hmm. So he looked like. Except he didn't have, like, the stuff implanted into him. That's probably dang. Yeah. Cyborg fingers, too. Uh, Maybe it's just, like, a power glove, you know? So the point is that when every piece of ice, where you break a subroutine, once that's over, you lose a click. Yeah. Yeah, so Seder says every time that you spend or lose a click during a run, you get to move a card from archive state to the top of R&D. Right, right. So Mason Bellamy helps you fire that ability very consistently, right? You get to, it didn't say it had to be a specific card. You can just pick any card out of archives. Right. So then the next time they do it, like if, once they trash Mason Bellamy, then you're just like, well, I'm just going to bring that guy back once you click through a BioRoid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're losing Strong Box. Yeah, I've never played that one. Spend an extra click to steal an agenda. Yeah, I don't miss it. It's fine. I, it would sometimes mean that you could stack, right? You could stack like Red Herrings and Strong Box and Ash on a remote. Yeah. You just upgrade. You had a one. Servers, lots of upgrades. It's insane. All right, moving on to... I don't know what your favorite corp faction is anymore. Sometimes I think it's Jinteki, sometimes I think it's NBN. That's pretty accurate. Okay, so basic ID, personal evolution. Good one. Yeah, just kind of slows them down, right? Yeah. Keep them honest. I like messing with them when you get, when get one of your agendas, you're like... Yeah. Advanced ID for Jinteki is replicating perfection, also known as the white tree. Pretty. Yeah. So you got the black tree, P-E, and you've got the, the white tree, R-P, and then you've got red tree, M-T. Just go by your tree colors. Wait, so... The runner cannot remote, run on remote servers. That's uh, That makes it pretty easy to score agendas. Yeah, so but they have so they have to run a central one in order to run a remote? Yep. That that thing? That's pretty intense. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't want to play against it. Oh, is this a bad time to tell you that I already built a deck for it? I built a deck for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about agendas. Brain trust is out. Two extra advancements means oh. one cheaper ice. It was nice, but sometimes I feel like often when you get into a situation, you're like, I don't have time for extra advancements. It's time to just like 
get out there. Right. The question is like, it can't. Do you feel good install double advancing it to bluff them in some way, right? But even then, like spending an extra two credits, two clicks to get one credit off of ice res in the future, right? That's that's a tough sell. Yeah. Instead, we've got fetal AI. So it's a five two. So it's a lot to advance for a two pointer, but uh, it does two net damage whenever you touch it. It does two net damage whenever you access it, but you can't also can't steal it unless you have two extra credits. Oh, okay. So that's pretty intense, right? Like, yeah. So the question is, how can you tax them out of those credits so that they won't have it available? Also gaining a philotic entanglement. Here's a three-two agenda for you. Like brain trust, but it does something fun. So when you score it, you do a net damage for each agenda in the runner's score area. <laughs> oh, you only get one per deck. Yeah. Stinky, but still fun. Yeah. I like that. Like, it goes along with the simpler ID. Sure, because you get an extra net damage then. Yeah. I just think, like, I've got, like, conceptually, not just, like, practically, but also, Tell me about you it. know, just, like, take my agendas and I will get you. Yeah. You yeah. Know, just... It makes them into a liability. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. So here's a card, an asset that we that we gain, Sundew. So this is, as I understand it, is a card that had rotated. This is uh, Replicating Perfection's Best Friend. You put it in a remote, and once they spend a click, you gain two credits, unless they just initiate a run on this server. But they can't initiate a run on this server if you're playing against Replicating Perfection. Because like, they can't run a remote until they run a central oh, server first. Wow. So you can't score an agenda in that remote, but it becomes like a, an irritating way to make some money. All right, so for Ice, we're losing Whirlpool, oh, which was, you know, this is a bad card, I think, for the core set, because it encourages new players to be like, okay, how can I build the sneakiest set of ice that will automatically kill the runner? And I'll just like put this at the end and then like, then ha 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 ha. But like, that's not actually how that runner works, right? You don't get the cards that you want when you want them. Yep. Yep. It's like a rule. And like, right. So positional ice is, is just not a good idea. Maybe like with Thimorig it works, but that's not, I mean, like, that's, that's advanced, right? Yeah. So that's, I, I never really played this one. yeah. So we get two pieces of ice. Lotus field is one. Five to res, four strength code gate with an end the run. But you can't use like uh, ice carver or anything like can't that. Can't use ice carver, can't use data sucker. Yeah, that's pretty rad. It's immune. So it's kind not like, it is It is pretty expensive. And it's not like the Anarch fixed strength breaker thing. First of all, it's not as big a thing in, in core 2019. Secondly, it's not it's not like there was ever a code gate version of it anyway, right? Cradle's the fixed strength code gate breaker, but that's super niche. That's Nat's breaker, remember, where it's like it's like five strength, but you lose a strength for every card in your grip or whatever. Oh, yeah, I never got into those Nat cards. Yeah. So I'm not 100% on this. Yeah. Seems all right. Also, getting the six to res, two strength sentry, Surugi. How about that first subroutine? Because everyone wants the corp pays credit? Yeah. Why would I pay credit? Because of the other three subroutines. Oh. <laughs> it's got three one net damage subroutines. That's like the flavor text says. It's uh, ice that's so dangerous as safety protocols. Right. So there's like a like a red button yeah. somewhere in Kentucky headquarters you have to push to fire this. Yeah. It's expensive again. Yeah, but wouldn't you pay like six <laughs> credits for a nasty surprise like that if you were in Kentucky? Maybe. All right. Let's talk about MBN. Basic ID making news. Good one. I struggle with it. I don't like it. Because I feel like there's just not enough not enough traces to go around. I don't know. I, maybe if maybe if recurring credits refreshed on the runner's turn as well. That would be nice. I feel pretty... I just, I've always struggled with this ID. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to build this around traces. But it just doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe I just need to try harder. Yeah, I, I like it. Advanced ID Spark Agency. 
First time you turn your resin advertisement, the runner loses a credit. What's an advertisement? So Maryland campaign, Adonis campaign, pad campaign, those are all advertisements. Oh, okay. Do you want to know what else is an advertisement? Pop-up window. Oh, we have it on here because it's going away? No, I don't. Oh. I have it on here as, to, so we can talk about it. Isn't that funny? Because before you'd see pop-up window and you're like, okay, that's a little bit annoying. So then I, I <coughs> lose two credits when you res it. When I res it, you lose a credit. Yep. Okay. It's a little bit extra. All right. Agendas. TGTBT is rotating out. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I thought it was kind of nice for like a, a taggy NBN, yeah. You get an Explodapalooza, which is a fun summer action flick that NBN is working on. It's a 4-2 agenda. Get five credits. Get five credits. Because the movie is so awesome that like even the runner, like spoiling it ahead of time just means you're going to have a better premiere. So for assets, we're gaining Daily Business Show. So Daily Business Show gives you an extra card for your mandatory draw. And then you have to bottom one of them. So this card seems great. Yeah. Because imagine, like, think of how many times you're like, oh, man, I really hope I don't draw an agenda. Yeah, but if you draw two cards and you're like, well, the agenda's going back where you will never find it. I remember Mr. Lee. Sure. Absolutely. So. And just one one influence. Hmm. I believe there's only one of them in the system core. That's so weird. Well, it's just like, it's just like they don't want you to build your strategy around this card, right? Like, because you can yes. make some really... I don't know. I just feel like it's in a lot of ways them saying like, oh no, or you can build your own decks, kind of. Okay. All right. But it's a poor trash count. It seems like a nice card. Yeah. Here's another asset, marked accounts. So you can uh, put some money on this and then you'll get it slowly back over time. And then it's five to trash. So that would be a big, a big ask to get rid of it. Yeah. Also reverse accounts. Which is basically like a reverse Grindle. So you advance it, and then they can lose their money. Oh, yeah. that's a lot. Right. Also, I'm a little concerned about the guy's shirt. <laughs> Maybe he lost so much, like, it like gives you new, uh, new meaning to the phrase, I really lost my shirt on that. <laughs> well, at least they cut it off in a clean manner. Losing anonymous tip. <clears throat> I like that card. But, yeah, okay. Right, Daily Business Show is the kind of, I guess pseudo replacement there it's fine i mean that's in some ways better right like i mean it's nice just to have like an operation where you can like okay i did this and now it's happened but yeah. the other one like you get to like make a decision whereas this one you're like oh look i drew three cards i didn't want well the other thing is i just think about this as like shipment from your morph rotated out right so that card let you dump a bunch of cards really fast. This would let you refill, right? So maybe the like there's like a mirror image there, right? Where there's not a need mm. to get cards in your hand super fast. We're adding an upgrade product placement. So whenever runner accesses it, the corp gains two credits. Mm. And and guess what else? It's an advertisement. Oh, so you get a credit? Yep. The runner, no, you, the runner loses a credit. So like, oh my gosh. When it's res. That chicken looks amazing. I got to go buy some. Only when it's res, though. It wouldn't be if they accessed it from like R&D. Right. It, to res it would, right. Resing it is the thing. So you put it in a remote, right? And then. Well, see, that's the difference. Like when they access it, you get it. So it doesn't have to be resed. Correct. For the no, Right. Those two things are separate. Yeah. Was, yeah. My point is you can put it in a remote and then they're like coming through through and they got the ice math figured out and then you're like you res it after they choose to continue and then they're like oh no i don't have any money i don't have the money anymore now something bad's gonna happen to me oh but only if you're playing spark right the the losing the money thing spark agency oh. yeah. and we're losing bernice my uh, yeah, okay yeah we used her occasionally but whatever yeah a little bit less focus on tags 
The thing that you could do with tags really in revised core anyway was psychographics. Yeah. You know, it's interesting though that they kept, was building a better world, the lower NBN. Making news. Yes. Where you have trace boost, but what traces do we have left? You know, we're pulling them. I don't know. I don't know what other cards there are. These are just the changes. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Wayland. Standard ID is building a better world. I think it's a great ID. Yeah. I, I last cash refresh, that was my ID. How'd that work for you? I think I won four out of six games with it. Oh, okay. No, it's a good ID. Yep. And then the advanced ID is Blue Sun. Standard 4515. And when your turn begins, you can add a res card to HQ and gain credits equal to its res cost. So one thing you could do with that is rearrange ice. Yeah, yeah. Also, you can do some pro plays like taking up an Adonis right before you take the last credits off of it. And then you get the three credits for its res cost or the four credits for its res cost. And then you can install it back again and you never have to trash it. Oh, it doesn't say ice. Yeah, any res card. Interesting. The problem is that if you want to pull things back to your hand, you turn and reinstall, and that takes a that takes a click of return. Right. So you have to think about how you're doing that smartly. Straight up free. Right. Uh, Agenda is losing the cleaners. You like that one? I don't know. I feel like it's so clunky. I'm okay with you not doing extra meat damage to me. I also just feel like the one additional meat damage, I want to do it with other, uh, like private security force, for example, and the cleaners means that if they're tagged, then you could just click three times and do six meat damage. But that's hmm. not very interesting because then you'd already have five points and you're basically about to win anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't miss it too much. We're gaining Oaktown Renovation. It's a 4-2 public agenda, so you install it face up. Oh. And the trick is you gain two credits every time you advance it. How would you put five or more? Just to get money? Right, because you could use it as a money generating machine. Yeah. I would recommend against it probably. Yeah, it seems pretty dangerous. Right, but the being able to advance an agenda without losing tempo is pretty great. Without losing tempo? Right, because you're like not – often once you score an agenda, you score it by like draining your credit pool quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Right, whereas this one, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, losing dedicated response team. Wasn't the cleaners like five two anyhow? Five three. Oh okay. Losing it. Dedicated response team is going away. Okay. First of all, the art is sideways. Buildings are this way. Yeah. Secondly, this is a very fiddly card because you have to have it in some remote that they're not running and that they have to be tagged in. Like I've gotten this card to work against you mm-hmm. a couple of times. But it's hard. So it's gone. Also gone is Grindle. Sorry. I know, I'm kind of sorry about this too. Makes me sad. I feel like I just remember our early games, and maybe this is part of the reason why it's gone. You know, we just have a game where you just put it in remote and install it and advance it once, and you play some other stuff and you advance it another time the next turn, and you're like, well, maybe that's an agenda that you're just slow rolling, like real slow for some reason. Like, no, it's just a green one. Yeah. 15 credits. Necessarily. I don't know that I fall for it now. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying is that it may have encouraged bad play. Here's the asset for gaining. Contract killer. Look at that guy's hair. And I was. That was like the first scalp thing. Scalp tattoo. I He's serious. Noticed. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about scalp tattoos, you just grow your hair in over it and people never know you have it. I think it goes all the way to his face. Like it goes down to his eye socket and yeah, cheek. I, I do see that. Yeah. So once you advance it twice, you can click and trash him to trash a connection or two to do two meat damage. So it's another way to make your connections go away or get the runner. But he's got that sniper rifle and you can like find your friends. connection, yeah? Right. Like, I don't know who's left now. Caddy Jones, John Massanori. Hmm. Be careful. Professional contacts. All those nice people that you know at that dinner party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this lender party real quick. <laughs> also gaining public support. So it's interesting because coming from like revised core forward, we had the 
it wasn't reconstruction contract. It was the other one. Um, oh, uh, urban renewal. So this one, it counts down. And once you get the three power counters off, you get a point. So it's a way to, similar to urban renewal, it will get the runner to like come into the remote before they might be ready. And uh, it will also distract from other things, right? That's the idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, any thoughts about this? So far, so good. We're losing Hive. I thought Hive was a good card. I liked it because it was very strong at the beginning of the game. Right, when you need it most. When you're, yeah, when you're setting up, right? And then I think that was, that's an interesting thing where things, you've got an ice that kind of wears itself down over the course of the game. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So also losing Shadow, um, which is not, not great. Advanced, it's advanceable ice, but... Why bother? Yeah, I don't feel like I used it very often. No, he didn't play Wayland a lot. No, but that's only one. Not worth in, not worth importing. Hordum is coming from Terminal Directive, and so it's got this whole advanced thing, and which you might want to do if there's a strong AI strategy. But otherwise, just run it. It's a four cost four Therese code gate that gives you some money and ends the run. Yeah, and it's only two influence, so it's a good solid code gate. Yeah, and from the runner's perspective, I you know running it in Terminal Directive. I didn't always want to pay to break both subroutines, which is good for you because I'd be like, well, don't end the run. And you'd be like, well, I still get money. Hooray. You know, it's like everybody wins. Kind of. Yeah. Also gaining the ice. Spiderweb. Oh. So four costs, two strength. Three but three and the runs. Yeah, seems like that. This is, do you know who loves uh, breaking through spider webs? Lamb. You and your lamb. I know. That's not in the core 2019, is it? No, it's not. <sighs> Losing shipment from Kaguya. You're taking out one of the oh. advanced ices. This is not surprising. Um, this is kind of a weird card, right? Because there has to be some two things on the board that you're interested in advancing. Yeah. It'd be nicer if it was like put two advancements tokens on a card or on separate cards. Sure. That might be too good. Yeah. Well, doesn't matter now. Doesn't matter now. Uh, but we're gaining Oversight AI as an operation. So one cost and any ice can be yours. That's already be installed. But there's a twist. Trash the host. Oh, put that on like Hordum. That'd be annoying. <laughs> Or Archer, you know, sacrificing a forfeit an agenda. Yeah. But you just have to, you know, say like, okay, what do I need to do to break this one time? Are you ready though? Are you ready? Okay. If you're Blue Sun, you can use Oversight AI to res, say, a toll booth for eight, right? Because it costs eight, but you res it for one, and then you take it back and get it in credits. Wow. That'd be pretty crazy. So what does this do? Then it gets trashed if you do that? Right. Because the hosted condition counter would be gone. Yeah. Also gaining an upgrade for Wayland, Crisium Grid. So successful runs don't count as being successful or unsuccessful. So you still access cards, but think about like Gabriel Santiago. On, you put this on HQ and you're like, oh, guess that wasn't really a successful run after all, was it, Gabriel? It's a pile of trash costs too. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Also, put on HQ, you know what's not going to work against you? Notoriety. Yikes. <laughs> it's kind of a... Sneaky little, like it, it, it changes the rules, you know, in a, in a weird way. So this is kind of, I think this is an interesting choice for the core. Seems like something that you would definitely play. What does that mean? You really like upgrades. Maybe. All right. Let's talk neutrals. All right. So we're losing false lead. That was a tough one to play well, right? You have to be like, oh, now that they've done, like they've initiated this run and they're going to want these clicks, I'm going to pull the two clicks away from them right now, you know? Okay. Losing private security force. You don't like that one? No. I Used mean, against you too often? Maybe not too much, but yeah. I don't, not sad. Still doing fine. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait to see what you're like saving up. Gaining paper trail. This is from Terminal Directive. And basically... It's a trace. Yeah, it's a trace. It's a trace six. It's a big one. Connection and job resources. So unless you're rich, 
all of your friends and your employers are going to learn the horrible truth about you. And they will stop liking you. <laughs> also losing Melange. Yeah, I very much. I feel like Melange might be encouraging bad play too, right? Like, like just like letting it sit there and just clicking it for credits and like, you know, play some Netrunner people, right? It's Netrunner. Like say that a lot. Please well, do. that's really a, something from the runner side. That's that's just how I talk about shapers not doing anything. <laughs> but like also, like you were saying that you don't like doubles, so this is a triple. Yeah. Makes you use your whole turn. Yeah. It wasn't worth it for me. Yeah. And then also in the court set, IPO. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. You use that a lot during terminal directive. I sure did. It's a transaction too. It's a transaction too. Absolutely. That's it. That's the System Core 2019. Look, I didn't get super angry. Okay, well, what are you? Tell me about your emotions. It seems like they made some good choices. I'm not... I don't feel like there was a whole lot where I was like, no, not that card, or hooray, that's the best card. Like, seems like some good cards. Seems... Any of the IDs stand out as something you want to try first? No, it's too much remembering for me. Okay, hold on. So we've got Stronger Together, the Bioroid one. And we've got Seder, the one that you add. That was the one you wanted to try for Terminal Directive. Right. There's Personal Evolution and Replicating Perfection from Jinteki, the one that you can't run the remotes. Oh, yeah, that one's fine. There is, from MBN, there's Making News with Traces. And then there's Spark with the advertisements. What does it do with advertisements? Every time you res an advertisement, the runner loses a credit. The first time on each turn, the runner loses a credit. Oh, okay. And then for Whalen, there's Building a Better World, and there's Blue Sun, which is to take the cards back and get the credit. That seems fun, too. I don't know. I'm partial to Jinteki, so I suppose the, the White Tree one would All right. be interesting. But Good lead-in, because when you're looking at the cards, there are some that we don't have. There's some that we haven't gotten to yet in terms of uh, unwrapping them yeah. and taking a look at them. So building a deck, I built, uh, you already built a, a Leela deck. Mm-hmm. And I built a Spark deck. I'm excited to try them out. But we recorded this podcast and said, yes. but the point is, if you don't have cards and you need them in order to play, you can do that pretty easily. If you just Google Netrunner Proxy Generator, there is a code pen project that someone put together. And all you have to do is type in the names of the cards and it will generate a sheet for you that you can print. So a <clears throat> couple of things to say. Number one is, so this is something that someone threw together um, and it works really, really well, but it's a little, there are a couple of quirks. So number one, you might think, oh, I should be able to print multiple copies. You can't, you just type in the same card more than once. Oh. The other thing about it is that IDs, you have to type in, you have to type in the full name exactly for all the cards, which means for IDs, you have to type in like Spark, Spark Agency, Agency colon. Worldwide reach. It's worlds wide, right? Because it's all the worlds oh. of Netrunner. Earth and the moon and Mars. and That was good. Uh, let's see. As the person who cut them all out, it was nice that they were lined up. You know, like sometimes you get things and it's wonky and you have to cut each individual card. I mean, oh, you're saying because they're right, like abutting each other. You only had to make one cut and it, you didn't have to trim the margins off of each one. Yeah. Okay. And also they were they were lined up like they were. It was like a column of three cards. Oh, got so it. I went yeah. straight up one side. Straight down the other side, cut off the top and bottom, and then cut them apart. Right? I understand. Trust me, it's a time saver. I they were a tiny bit. I don't know if it was our printer or if it was the program. So maybe you just have to do printer adjustments on your computer. Tristan printed them out, so I don't know what buttons he had clicked and unclicked. I clicked very few buttons. Point Uh, being, they're a tiny bit smaller than like a standard card, and when I play proxies. I we just print them on regular paper and then we put like just a random card behind it so that it feels the same and right. 
has the same heft. Um, so it was a little tiny bit smaller, but not not in a distracting way. So. You might want to try printing one out and then uh, maybe adjusting your your margins on your printer. Right. Yeah. So like I said, I, that could that could totally have solved it, but it was really handy. So that's the first thing that, especially if you're new to the game or if your cards you don't have, that'll make playing Core 2019 easier. The other thing that makes it easier it, for the deck building is I've heard that there are similar things going on on the Apple side, but on the Android side, there was just a recent update to the deck builder app that makes it so that Core 2019 is a valid set that you can now build a deck from. And so if you set your number of cores to one and you pick that as your as your card pool for your deck, then you Which can... Which is like a new thing, right? That you can say like in the settings, oh, I have all of these decks available to me but in your specific right that is that was new as of a couple of months ago and then you can say i only want to build with core 2019 yep and it's got the it treats it like a core so it it has like the quantities of it the specific quantities so that uh you can make a deck that's legal for a single core format so that's fantastic and uh daniel i think is the one that that built that that i've i've talked to i i've communicate a little bit with him on on Stimhack and he's done great work with it. I that's my it's my favorite place to build decks. It's the only place I do it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll flip through the cards in our binders, but Right, you need to keep track of that stuff cuz when you're yeah. flipping through stuff you can't you're not counting influence and that. Right. No, it's it's great. Yep. I yeah, I like to build an NRDB as well, but the point is that building for single core might be relevant if you're going to a single core tournament. Like the one that you're hosting? Like the one that we're hosting. Exactly. We are so excited. We just decided to order a Nisei game night kit and say that we're going to host a tournament in January. Single core tournament. So uh, if you're in Portland, you should come to it. Unless uh, there aren't any spaces left because... So popular and awesome. And we're you know, we're playing in kind of a small venue. And also, we have no idea what we're doing. Right. So we're going to keep it small. Yeah. But it'll be a good first time on. and Yeah. Simple. Do some community building. And uh, I'm excited. I'm trying to figure out like what we should do as far as the prize support and how we should give out the prizes. Yeah, um, so if you have ideas... You can yeah. put that in the comments, too. Absolutely. Now you have ideas to comment. Because I don't want it to be super competitive, right? It's just... Coming and playing, having fun. Yeah. It should be inviting. Okay. Have you thought any more about a catchphrase? No. I know you've had some rules, like it can't be a quote from hackers, which I feel like is the most <laughs> limiting. Hack the planet! You can't just say my catchphrase, That's but in a dumb voice, one. and then it make it bad. I think it's still a good one. <laughs> Where's the love for the court? Okay, so you're thinking a corp focus catchphrase. No, I just mainly trying to shoot down your ideas. <laughs> Our relationship's built on honesty. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep working on this. So, if people wanted to get in touch with us, how would they do that? If they wanted to interact with us? Uh, leave a comment, I think. Unless you are and we're not finding them, then we're just kind of dumb. But you're on the Stimhack, and we have an email address. Sure, Stimhack or the Stimhack Slack at LSTM. That's me. We have also your the email address is kitchentablenetrunner at gmail.com. Kitchentablenetrunner at gmail.com. Ooh, got that one right. And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, maybe our catchphrase should just be play netrunner. We can try it. Let's see how it sounds. Okay, so thanks for joining us, and until the next episode, play Play Netrunner! I don't know.
Sting with an exclamation point. That's why I said it like that. Sting. That was more of a question mark. Oh, it was. Okay, can you say it? Sting. Sting. Is that is that better? Yeah, I think the jazz hands really helped. I was counting on them not being able to see those. <laughs> I was just using them for myself. Well, I feel like, you know, no secrets. So many secrets. Yeah.